what I've noticed Love in the last couple of years video. is that many of them they don't even believe that they can get married. They don't even, because they're like, nobody gets married. I've never seen anybody be married. But they're also now, the, they've also now grown up like two and three generations now where no, they didn't see that. Their mothers aren't married. Their grandmothers aren't married. Their fathers are never around. So for them, the idea of marriage isn't even a real thing anymore. But that makes sense in a culture that is, you know, very individualistic. It's going to push agendas that make you believe that, you know, the, be- the best thing going is you by yourself. But that doesn't always work for you, and it certainly doesn't work for your family dynamic. So I say all that to say is that, you know, the, the challenge is going to be re-educating yourself, which you're going to have to do on your own, to see a more productive culture for you and then ultimately your family to operate from. You know, what I find interesting is even when we have this uh, conversation on, you know, I hear culture, and, you know, it, and people say, oh, yeah, look at that uh, – I hear a lot of people saying they're still in our culture. And I'm, my question then becomes, what is your culture? Because you say you're still in it, but then I look at, you know, you start to look at the lives and how people are moving throughout society. You're like, well, what are you doing? What, what groups? What, what are you, who are you building with? What, what, is, what is the principles and doctrines that you, that you guys stand on? What, what is it? So I guess then what the, the question becomes, how do, you, how do people steal a culture that you don't really have? Right. Well, I mean, what do you, what do you, I mean, you know, like you're, you're, what do you think? How does something like that happen? How do, how do people, how do people put themselves in a position where someone can say they stole something from me that I don't really have? That's what I like. And and I I think when you start to look at it, they've done a masterful job. And when I say they, the people that have uh, the architects of this society. And if I was a part of that group, I would be doing the same doggone thing. Because at the end of the day, and again, this comes with coming back to that self-awareness. And when you're not aware of what's going on, <clears throat> excuse me, and you're not aware of the energies that are going within and, and the energies of externally, and what is the one way that you hide it again is in plain view. You start to look at some of these movies and you look at some of these things that they're putting in there. And a matter of fact, I, the, the show that you had sent the other day, where you know the guy had the bracelet on and the billion, the, what, the billions club, yeah. Huh? yeah, 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 and he has the bracelet on and he he's doing all of this. Oh, uh, this is for my Yoruba family and all of that. And some people might look at that and you know you, you you've been so programmed to say, oh yeah, this, he's practicing some devilish stuff or he's doing this, putting it right in front of you because that's the best way to hide something. So if I show it to you, you must think there's nothing to it because you're so caught up in everyday life. You're caught up in, you know, I got to pay this rent. You're caught up in um, the next best thing. And you're caught up in trying to show off to the the person sitting to your right and not really building and communing with your own group Well then, and not even knowing who is in your own group. Because now it's like, hey, because how many times have you heard that uh, chief say everybody who's got the same color skin and can't? So now when we start talking about even the color or, or just because they're black, black is the consciousness. So who has the same consciousness? Who's moving into the same direction? Who's doing the things that you're doing so you don't get caught off guard? You don't get sideswiped. Even if I look at the uh, seeing that movie Finding Nemo, and while they were on this trip, they were going um, trying to find his son. They get caught up in this current, and in this current, it's I think the sea turtles are moving and going in the direction. So while he joins this group, the group was powerful because the group knew where they were going. 
the group had had um, already navigated these channels. So when we're going, we're not going in the direction you're going in, but we can help point you in the direction that you're going in. But we we're solid and and rooted because we we already know. So even when like one of the kids got thrown out into like the, the stream and the, the fish like, oh, go out and get them. No, nah, that's not what we do here. Because, you know, power, again, is in the moment. And in this moment, he can have a choice to empower himself to find his way back in here. But if we still remain a crutch for him and go grab him, then he will remain crippled his whole life. So if you start to infuse your culture over here with our culture, he's going to be all screwed up. And then when he found his way back into the stream, back into the current, then he empowered himself now for and in that opportunity, which now will lead to more opportunities when he starts moving forward, that he can empower himself and still empower his community because that's what they do. But if you don't have that, and even then, when he was going, they pointed in the direction, like, oh, that's where y'all going over there, but we're not going over there. That's not where we're going. That's not what we do because this is what we do over here. And if you don't have that, if you're not underneath that umbrella, and if you don't have that covering, if you don't have those principles that you can have, to stand on and, and lean on against when you don't, you're not understanding or knowing where you're going to go, you're going to be easily duped. You're going to be easily tricked. And, and it's going on uh, every facet. If you don't even know you're in a war, then guess what? You're going to lose that war every time if you don't even know. And the war is for your mom. War is in the food you eat. War is at the education. All the war is going on all around you. So can you can you see it? Can you spot it and be aware of who you are and then start to have plant healthy and uh, organic and positive seeds in one's mind? I know that's right. Go ahead. Now, I'm looking in the chat, and I'm seeing uh, Brother Lotus Scholar. You know, you, 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 just, you just said, wow, finding Nemo. I never thought about it, but he's right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so people, have, that, that, was a, that was a deep breakdown on, on finding Nemo, Brother Zach. I never, I never thought about it like that either. And I'm, I'm, like, watching all these little cartoon movies now. So, you know, you should, uh, yeah, you, you might, you might want to do, like, Disney, Disney movie breakdowns or something like that, but. Nah, and then Chief come behind me and say, you say Duncan Hines. Man, that ain't what it is. And then he gave me the real name of it. And then, oh, yeah, that is that. All right, brother. <laughs> Got you. And then I see, uh, you know, uh, Charlembo, I'm sorry if I messed it up, Mark. Um, two questions. Isn't our culture social engineer? I think you mean social engineer. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I would say to that question, absolutely. Because all, so part of it, part of the problem, I think, is that you know, culture is one of those things that you don't really learn about, right? You're not really taught about it unless you study it. So when someone talks about culture, what immediately jumps to your mind is probably certain foods, certain styles of dress, and language, right? And that's usually like what you start thinking about when you think about culture. So what happens is that, um, you know, like, like we, like, like as, as African people in America, right, we have certain things that we latch on to. Uh, we may latch on to a particular hairstyle. So for us, it may be like rocking your hair. So we might say, well, you know, this is something that our people culturally do. This is a part of our cultural heritage. Then when another race of people does those things and we say, well, that's, they're, they're culturally, they're, that's cultural appropriation. They're taking our culture from us. Right, and then there's a reaction that we have to that. But the but but can someone? I guess the question that I always ask is: If somebody really can, somebody really steal your culture from you? Can they really take from you? What can they really take that from you? And in, in such a way that you either can't get it back, or is there a part of it that really can't be taken from you at all? 
in other like like for example, if someone comes and they they make food like your grandmother made, does that mean that they took your grandmother's identity, or did they just take that food the way that your grandmother made it? And if they do, so what? They'll never make it the exact same way because they're not your grandmother. They can't really steal that thing from you. And and we, I think sometimes we tend to to react and even sometimes overreact to those things because our idea of what culture is is so small to begin with. You know, culture isn't, to, to me, culture is about, it's the idea about how you and your people continue to survive and thrive and the ways in which you do that. And, the, and culture, all cultures have to continue to evolve in order for people to continue to thrive and survive. So you're not going to do things the same way that you did 10 or 15 years ago. You shouldn't because then that means that the culture itself has become stagnant. And if it becomes stagnant, then eventually it will become irrelevant, not only to people on the outside, but also even to people inside, within the, 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 the society itself. Within the culture, it will become stagnant. It will become worthless and no one will use it or benefit from it. So the, the idea of the social engineering of culture, yeah, all, all culture is being engineered. It's being engineered so that it continue, can continue to thrive. So it's got to change itself up a little bit every now and then in order to make itself new. Even if it's the same inside the, inside, in, inside the box, packaging around the box has to become different. So, you know, it's like um, something that Malcolm X, uh, Malcolm X said, and I'm going to, I'm just going to paraphrase it because I don't remember the exact quote. But basically what he was saying was that the techniques that were used in the 1960s by white supremacists are the same as the, are the same, come from the same place as those used in the 1930s and in the 1800s. They've just changed and modernized the techniques in order to be successful now. So maybe back in the day it was, um, you know, a gang of people riding around on horses and picking up, you know, random African people and murdering them. And then that becomes the police officers. And then maybe now it becomes something else 20 or 30 years from now. It will keep evolving because the, the engineering part is a continuous change of it. But the idea or the, the acili or the, the germinating seed of the thing has to remain the same. So I was, that's, that's as a long answer. It's like, yes, of course, the, the, so the, the society, is, the culture is being socially engineered. But as people that are, are part of that society, we have to ask the question, is it being socially engineered in our best interest? And if not, how do we start to engineer or re-engineer a culture that works for us? And that's part of what Anu is doing. Anu is giving you a foundation to re-engineer a culture for yourself and then for your family. And, I, and, and it's almost like you can grab from any show, any segment that Chief has done or even the, the Masterminds Monday, the um, new Asafos that was on Wednesday, Thunderground, going back to all of them, basically giving you this is what we do. You don't sit there and, and just like you said, if somebody's still in your culture, you don't sit there and you don't cry about it. You don't sit there and say, hey, man, that was my toy that I was playing with. This is what we do. We can give it back. No, you lost that. So stop crying about it and step up and go take your stuff back. Or, and, and yes, it is evolving. Everything is evolving. But once you know the foundation of it, once you have the root of the power, then you can start to wield the power in what you want it to do. But if you get disconnected from that source and you get disconnected from that power, then all of a sudden it, everything starts to look tantalizing to you because now you seem like you're just on a hungry stomach. So just like if you have, I had a niece uh, and playing with the other niece and one of them took the toy. Now, 
Yeah, you go over there and you tell them, look, man, give her the toy back. That ain't right. That was her. She was playing with that. At the same time, you tell the other little girl, stop letting people take your stuff. Stop crying all the time. That's all you're doing is sitting up here crying and begging. We ain't going to keep coming over here. At some point in time, you got to stand up for yourself. And if you don't stand up for yourself, then nobody will. And you start to see that you come into this world table with nothing but you just crying. You come in with nothing on your plate, nothing to offer, and you don't think that people don't recognize this? You don't think that people can't see that you have absolutely nothing to offer but you're begging? And if you come here begging, then I'm going to just give you some scraps. And you're lucky I'm even giving you scraps because I really don't care at this particular time. So until you can finally say, you know, hold on, man, because I'm tired. And I heard Chief say this to you. You're tired of getting laughed at. You're tired of being at the bottom of the barrel. When you're tired, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, just stand up and do something about it. And then you start to cultivate those in your own mind and become aware of your own power and then start to give it and hand it down to those coming behind you. So, therefore, you may not be able to see it. You may, you know, I don't know who's going to benefit, reap the benefits of, of the work that's being put in right now. But, I, God dang it, somebody's going to reap the benefits of it. And somebody's going to say, okay, this is the culture and this is what we do. And, and a lot of people are going to start to attack you. I was in the conversation the other day and there was, uh, I heard a lot of, oh, you know, he might be a little, you chauvinistic, what, and, and I'm falling back on my power and on my training. What does that mean? Um, you know, I, so why are you using a word you don't mean? And why are you trying to label? Because that word then, if I didn't know, then that word would start to label me and start to dictate how I move. Well, maybe I am being too aggressive. Maybe I am this kind of man. Maybe I, maybe I am a chauvinistic man. No, 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 no. I'm in a new man. And in a new man, we question everything. We're not going to let you come over here and plant seeds in our minds and plant seeds in children that, that, that hold weight for you, but then we, we're going to start dictating our actions from a word that you don't really even know what it means. So until you can explain that and tell me what it means, then I don't really care right now. We're moving in a whole different direction. So therefore now you stand up and you get it like a general, or you can stand and be on the wayside and just be washed away and, and hopefully somebody gives you something, uh, a piece of breadcrumbs or something so you can start to eat. So. Um, that's what I would say to that. Yeah, I dig that. And so, Brother Zach, so I got a question for you with, with everything that you were saying there. In terms of in terms of that that role of the man part, why why do you think that more men are not um, taking that that kind of position that you're talking about in terms of questioning things, in terms of really being strident about? wanting things to be a certain way and not, not just for, not just in the overbearing because I'm a man, I can just do this, but in a, from a, from a place of righteousness, why do you think that that is something that so many uh, men in general seem to be struggling with? I think that this comes from over time and over time, again, not being connected and having the source of having and being rooted in a family where it gives you uh, a positive image of saying, this is how it's done. And, and then when you start to infuse alien cultures within the culture that is, is what you're doing, then all of a sudden you get off kilter and you don't really know what, what you should be doing, what is expected of you, and even the role of a man. So then you start to see, what you, I mean, you, you, many men or males, should I say, become highly effeminate and highly emotional. And if you are emotional, you can't be, emotion and logic don't exist at the same time. So therefore, you got to learn how to suppress those emotions and start to think clearly so you can start making moves. So if you don't learn to question things and if you don't learn to question the labels that they start handing you, then you're going to start to think that, you know, maybe I am crazy. Maybe that every and a lot of people 
are doing the same thing around you. It's hard to stand against the current and say, hold on, man, this is, this is leading to uh, destruction. So just like even, like even when you talk about the power of words, if you come up in a, in a school system and they start labeling you as special ed, right, you start getting older, when you start to second guess and somebody comes along and says, oh, no, that's not what that means, you're going to go back to a label that somebody had gave you a long time ago and maybe say, you know what, I'm not that smart. Uh, I, sometimes I do make bad decisions. Sometimes I do because somebody has already planted a seed. And it came from, again, somebody who may have a title that it was given in a different alien culture. So therefore now you're like, oh, well, that was a doctor who said that. He must be smart or he must know because he has some sort of title without questioning because you didn't have you didn't have that training or that teaching that you can lean on and stand on and say, hold on, man. Again, that's not what we do. And it's easier because then now you got to fight. How many guys just don't stand up to a woman because they're afraid that she's going to just start going off and talking out the side of the neck? So you know what? In order for me not to deal with it, I'm just not going to say nothing. And I'm going to just let water just start to run everywhere. And at the same time, though, you just got to, at the end of the day, you got to hold your own nuts, man. Or your own, excuse me, your own cojones. And you got to stand up and you say, no, nah, this is what we're doing because I, I, the, this is how, what I was designed to do. And if you didn't know what you was designed to do, you just don't know. But then when you start to get around people who are moving in a direction, then you start to move in that direction. You say, okay, this is what we do. This is what we stand for. And this is what we can't let in. And I don't care if you start to talk crazy. I don't care if you start to do all this, but this is what we're doing. And this is kind of like that silverback gorilla. I'm here to protect. I'm here to do a job, and I'm going to do the job that I was designed to do. And when that gorilla says move, you move. Or you're going to just get st- down, stay down by the wayside, and you're going to get tore up. I don't care. But if you're under this umbrella, then you got to go ahead and move with me. And if you're not moving with me, well, then go ahead and stay there. But I'm not going to come back for you. You made Those are decisions that you make, and you're going to make your own bed. And once you make your own bed, you got to lie so it's just a matter of just standing up and, and being around, you know, modeling, patterning your game after somebody who you who you see. Oh, you know what? This person has the character and, and the honor and the valor that I wanted to exude in my life. So then, therefore, that's the whole reason why I had, before I even got with I knew, I had to see Chief in his face just to make sure that he matched up and he lied because you, you hear all of these teachings and you hear what it's doing for him. And I was applying. I'm like, oh, yeah, this brother dropped some solid stuff. But before I can really invest and before I can really get into it, I need to see him in his face. I need to see him in his eyes and see if he's really living what he's saying. See if he's really about what he says he's about. Because it just doesn't, and it doesn't match up. Well, then I already know if I start adopting this and start doing it, it's not going to work out. And, and, and you already know if you start to meet challenges and face challenges in life when you're out there moving and grooving, you can posture yourself as some chief or you can posture yourself as some king. And then all of a sudden when somebody starts poking at it and, and, and you say, hold on, man, you're not no wolf. You're not no gorilla. This is here as a costume. You got a zipper and you got some buttons on here. And then you start unzipping that. And all of a sudden you got a sheep that runs out of there. Who are you? No, 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 no. And now you embarrassed because you wasn't really standing on no, solid principles because you wasn't living what you were talking about. But when you start living what you was talking about, that goes back to even that skull vibration. Now you start to raise up and you say, hold on, man. You don't, don't. Now, even when people start moving, no, no, man, he ain't the one. Don't, don't ask him. He's going to take you in a whole different direction. You doggone right. I'm going to take you in the direction that I'm going in. I'm not following in any direction that you're going in because that's what we do over here. 
take that. You should. That, I would say drop the mic, man, but it's me and you on here, so I need you to keep talking. But yeah. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, yeah, like, like if we if we really just start to really dive in and really just dig deep into this material that Chief has laid down in the foundation, just put your ego down for a little bit and stop trying to reinvent the wheel. When you talk about people wasting time and we wasting and going different directions that you don't need to be going in because you know you don't you want to say that you came up with it yourself. Screw all of that. It's already right. You grasp the root of it, which is giving you the root. Then all of a sudden, you start to draw again, draw your own contract, your own contract, so you don't start to invest in somebody else's contract because I didn't make the rules to that game. If we sit down on a board game and you sit down and you say, okay, and somebody else made the game, and you say, okay, well, what is the first question you're going to ask is, what is the rules to this game? What is it? Well, whoever makes the rules to the game is in control of the game. And if you didn't make the rules of the game, you're going to be at a deficit the whole time. So what all of this enlightenment and transformation is giving you is the rules to get it going. You here draw your own contract. And if it ain't coming from this contract, if you're coming from somebody else's, from that other paradigm, you're going to be at a deficit. But be in the front and be a leader. You're going to stand up and be in a new man and a new man. We, we're going to question everything. And we ain't going to stand as warriors at the front line. And if you try to come in here, we're going to shut that down because we know how how sensitive and precious are the minds are that's coming behind us that we need to plant and seize it. So you ain't going to come over here and play with us. So you're going to really dive deep into what is being said in here. And if you dive deep and, and, and really dissect it and understand, don't just go through the mechanics of it, but really just break down the science of it, you can't, you can't be messed with. You can't be messed with. And, and you can move and groove in any society because you're still showing honor and valor that Iwa Puela, you're showing divine nature and divine uh, uh, role, then you can't be messed with. There it is. There it is. So, look, just real quick for everybody. See, I'm just checking the chat. I'm seeing there's a lot of activity in here, which is fantastic. Um, also, just so you know, you can call in. Um, the BTR line is now open. That's 515-605-9862. You can hit one to be able to speak. Um, I saw a couple of comments here about culture. I just wanted to follow up on. Um, so Mama Sadaka, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, uh, put a quote in, a strong community provides the reinforcement needed to maintain the moral and cultural fabric of a people and combat threats to the sustainability of that community. Yeah, that's exactly what a strong community would do. You know, now the obvious question becomes, where you live, is your community doing that? You know, do you see that your community is maintaining the moral and cultural fabric of the people. You know, that, that tells you whether or not you have a strong community based on that. And that, that's a great definition of what a, what a community does. Um, then I see T. Lee um, put, others may not steal your culture, but they can cause you to lose your culture. I see this in African cultures now. The indigenous cultures are being replaced by Christianity. So that, that's a real thing, too. And then to T. Lee, I'm not sure if that's a brother or sister, but who's giving that, who's giving that culture away? Who is, um, who's allowing that, uh, the indigenous cultures to be replaced in Africa? Who's doing that? Is that African people that are doing that, or is that someone else that's making those people give up their culture and then go and take someone else's? So, you know, like that, that's, that's the question to ask yourself. You know, this is, you know, at this point, you know, honestly, this is 2017. You know, you really can't say that you're in the dark about your culture, whatever that is. You know, what you can get on the Internet and put type in, you know, African culture and get 
85 pages worth of information to look at. You know, this isn't like the 1930s where, you know, there weren't bookstores that talked about this stuff. Every, every idea, everything that you would want to know or needed to know, if you were wanted to do the research to figure out who you are, where you come from, and the cultural practices of that group, you can find that out. You can do DNA tests now to find out where that's from. So at some point, you have to accept that if you don't know, it's because you don't want to know. It's because you're not willing to put in the time. It's because you're not willing to come home from your, your nine-to-five job and sit down and start doing work for yourself. It's because you want to continue to sit in front of the television and watch Netflix. Those are the reasons why you don't know the answers to these questions. You don't know where you come from. You don't know the language of those people. You don't know the religious or the cultural spiritual practices of those people, but that's a willful decision. You've been, that, that's a trained process now for you to not participate. So, so you know, for, for uh, you know, T. Lee, when they're saying, you know, you see the indigenous cultures being replaced by Christianity, who's replacing those cultures? Who's doing that? And why? Why have they, why have, why have people decided to put down their indigenous ways to take on new ways? What made them decide to make those decisions? No one is forcing, no one can force you into doing that now. There's always, there, there's always ways for you to learn. There's always ways for you to take that information in if you want to, if you're willing to put in the work and the time that it takes to learn. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's, um, that was a good comment there. Um, you know, Brother Zach, I got a question. I got a question for you. Um, you know, talking about power. Oh, and all the way, also, by the way, last year, I think it was last year, there was um, a whole month's worth of section, segments on culture. You can look it up in um, 2000, I think it was 2016, but there was a, a whole month's worth of sections on culture that ended with a, with a call-in like this. And so if you want to go back on that, you can listen to that. And she really breaks down, you know, what culture is and how it works. And then there's also a student panel at the end of the month, too, as well. So that might be a great referral um, back since I know that culture is one of the things that we're talking about right now. But, you know, Brother Zach, so I have a question for you. You know, we're talking about culture and we're also talking about power. Can you, you know, how, how do you think the current um, Western culture defines power? And how do you think people, how do you think that definition of power shapes what people believe is important and believe um, they should invest their time and efforts and energy in? I think Western culture defines their power as, as money. And the more money that you have, the more power that you have. And if the if you have, you know, all of this money, you can get really people to do whatever you want. And you get them and you start to see. So people start uh, having all of these quote-unquote resources. And when they have this dangling this carrot over you, it'll get you to do what they want you to do. So, for instance, just like if you start to train animals and you hold, let's say, they're there. Uh, exchange their currency would be food. So how do I get this person to do what I want them to do? How do I get to have power over this animal, over a, a dolphin, or over you know orca, or a, anything that you try to train? Then I, I'll take its currency. I'll take what it needs to survive, or pull it, and, and, and then train it the way I want it to do, or what I want it to do. Train it to get it to where I want it to go. So you start to see even when you start to have all of these different. Um, like uh, what is it, the Golden Globes and all of these different uh, shows where they reward you, they reward you and pay you with a money, and then they give you a reward for stuff that really is killing and, and, and 
killing your, your own community and killing your culture. So people start to do what is rewarding them. And they feel like now, once I get rewarded, I have more power. I made it out. You can make it out too if you just kill your own people as well. But see, so once you start to get away from that line of thinking, you say, hold on, man, this is my economy. Again, defining these terms and defining these, this managing a home, homestead, or even the relationship that you have. My economy now is with Brother Charles. I know him. My economy is with Chief. I know him. You know, so when we start to talk and we start to build and we start to do things and we get uh, around each other and we start to, this is what you represent and this is the pillar that you're holding up in the community. This is what Brother Charles represents. This is the pillar that he's going to hold down and I hold down this state. Then all of a sudden you start to move and groove within each other and you start to have power within it because the greatest self-preservation, again, is group preservation. So once the group starts to become stronger, then everybody starts to become stronger when you hold down your own pillar. So now once you get, but if you always are starting to run after this little carrot that somebody is dangling in front of you saying that now once you get this again, uh, then you'll, you'll finally get, gain some type of power. And, but there's a seed that's putting you in motion. Again, the show that you did on motion and motivation. There's motion in where you're going, but there's no true motivation behind what you're doing. So you're like, okay, just buy more payments and I'll own my car, and then all of a sudden they'll put another one in front of you, and then you start running after that. You on this treadmill just running and running and running trying to grab something that's out in front of you because once you get this, you're going to have a sense of power once you own this new car, once you wear this $400, $500 belt to hold up your pants. And all of a sudden you tuck your shirt in the front to show a logo that means absolutely nothing, but you feel some sense of power from it because you're now walking around with some junk that you don't even own. People claiming streets and blocks that you own, you don't even own the land. Yeah, we make jokes about it on here, but we know I don't own it. That, that's none of my stuff. That doesn't belong to my community. This ain't in my community. I don't care. I don't care. There's a line in the 50 Cent song saying, you getting some and I can't get nothing with you to bump you, man. I don't care because this is what we're doing over here. And I'm only looking, I'm looking out for the, the longevity and the survival of my own community. Once you start to infuse that alien culture with your own, then you'll start to get on the, this treadmill of running, running in place. Running in a stuck in a cycle that's taking you absolutely to basically to the woodshed to get beat over your head, and then up next, and it's a never ending, never ending, reoccurring cycle. Almost that Willie Lynch has now removed that man, put this woman in front, and then all of a sudden she'll lead by her feelings and her mo- uh, emotions, and then we can go ahead and, and this is how we're gonna keep passing this down from generation to generation. And now it's gonna take somebody who stands up or warlock and said, "No, no, 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 no. I see what you're doing." You're not doing this no more. We're not falling for the unding. We're not falling for this. What you claim is power, and you saying that this is we just need to have all of this money and all of this. No, we're not doing this no more. We're gonna go. Our power is in our family. Our power is in our community, and our power is in our structure and our, our solid foundation of what we're building. We know that's what it is, and if we don't have that, if we don't build that, then we know that we don't have any power, and you're not gonna have any power when you present yourself to the world stage. True indeed, true indeed. Yeah, just looking at your brother, Brother Byron responded to that question too. Um, he said, quote, I think Western power is defined by money, arms, and thought control via religion and broader media. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are the interlocking systems of it, right? Because you, you got to think about what you, just, what you just shouted out there. You talked about money, you talked about arms, you talked about religion and media, right? So right away when you, when you, when you lay those things out, that makes me think of uh, – Dr. Francis Cress Welsing's um, theory of racism, white supremacy, right? 
the nine domains of racism. How does it work? It works through education, entertainment, labor law, politics, religion, sex, and war, right? That's all those things that you're talking about. That's how you maintain how, how white supremacy maintains its power. So that's definitely on point there. And then, you know, Brother Zach, when you're talking about the idea with the money, um, there's, a, there's a movie that came out years ago. It was a Spike Lee movie called Bamboozle. And um, for those, you know, if you, if, you ever, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's, it's, a really, it's a really good movie. It's actually one of the ones by Spike Lee that I actually really like. But there's a scene in it where they're trying to convince these two brothers, uh, one of them played by Savion Glover, the other one played by Tommy Davidson, I think his name is, um, a comedian who used to be on Living Color. And they're talking, and they're trying to get him to be a part of this minstrel show, right? And the brothers know that it's a minstrel show. And they're showing them old clips from the 1930s of what minstrel shows actually are, right? And, you know, the, the early minstrel shows were, you know, white people in blackface pretending to be black people and really um, doing the, the worst impressions of what black people could be. So it was really entertainment at the expense of black people, right? And so what they wanted to do now was to get these two brothers to do it. And so, you know, the brothers are looking at all these pictures and images of what they would have to do on the show. And so I remember Tommy Davidson's character says, you know, well, we're going we're gonna to need some more money for this. And the, uh, the guy who's trying to convince him, who was played by uh, Damon Wayne, says, yeah, well, so what, you'll get more money. And the way that he talks about it, it's such, a, it's such a nonchalant, such a callous way of talking about giving him money that you realize in that moment that the money is inconsequential to that corporation. What they were trying, what they were, they were willing to pay whatever it cost for them to sell out. So they, so the people with the money know that there's the money doesn't have as much value as your own self-respect. But if they can just give you money for you to count for you to give up that self-respect, there's no problems with that. You know, nowadays when you watch, when you I don't know how many of you like listen to music, you, li- you might listen to hip hop music. You might say. You know, they're acting like coons and, you know, like, you know, why are people selling us out like this? You know, it's because there's no value really attached to the money. The money only has value based on how you see it. You know, you, you and Bill Gates don't look at $10 the same way. You don't think about it the same way. You can't possibly. Because once you have that, once you, once, once you or once someone, something like a corporation has that money, their idea of giving it to you becomes completely different at that point. It's, not a, it's no longer about the idea of like, oh, you know, 100000 200000 It doesn't matter because what they're trying to buy is priceless, your self-respect. It's your commitment, your dedication to your people. They can buy that from you and take that from you easily, right? Now, that's one right. side of it, right? But that, that's on the movie side. Now, then think about this because I know people have you – probably, you've probably heard someone say this to you. Or, or you may have said it to yourself, especially, especially for the brothers. We, I know that sometimes if we say some, something that we say, right, we might be, we get to a certain age, maybe it's our, our early 30s, mid-30s, something like that, maybe it's a little bit later. People around us, our family members, um, they might say to us, hey, you know, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to, you know, start a family? And we say, well, you know, I can't, I can't do that because, you know, I got to get my money right. And we say that, right, and it, and it works. Because in the society, the money has so much of a value. It's such a representation of power that the idea is that, well, you know, if I don't get my money right, then I can't have a family, which is completely not true. I mean, we see that every day. You know, you've seen that since the beginning of time. That's not how it works at all. 
or that idea is so insidiously put into your head that it shapes the way that you behave. It shapes your it shapes your 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 family imperative. It shapes around money. You know how many times you have families who get together and they say, you know, we would like to have another child, but we can't afford it. Right. It shows you how 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 much value is being placed on money. How much of a how much attachment there is to the idea of currency and the power that that currency represents in this culture because it, it dictates how you how you live your life in in every way. And, and I'm not talking about the basic ways like, you know, eating food and, you know, having electricity in your home. I get that part. But even the idea of, like, how you're going to start a family or how many kids you're going to have are being shaped by that idea. And then the last thing, and I know I've, I've, talked, I've, I've said this, you know, with Brother Zach many times, but I remember years ago I was at this lecture, and it was done by these two uh, – it was done by a, a husband and wife. And they were talking about the idea that corporations don't want married people. They don't want people to be together. The reason 